Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My loves, in honor of Halloween, I thought I would give a reading to a witch, and here it is. Hi, Jessica. I'm so honored to be here. I'm Pam Grossman. I am the host of the Witch Wave podcast and the author of Waking the Witch, Reflections on Women, Magic, and Power. Ooh, so exciting. So tell me what you want me to check in about or what you want to do reading about today. Sure. I guess the thing that's most on my mind is about next steps with my creative life. This book just came out in June, and I've been all around the country promoting it, which is so exciting. But I have a lot of other potential opportunities that are coming up, and it's actually difficult to know what to say yes to, where to focus my attention. Should it be another book? Should it be TV? Should it be film? Like things that sound really exciting, but actually you have to make real decisions about. And uh, I would love guidance around that. That's awesome. So you were born February 14th, little Valentine's Day baby, 1981 at 11.04 a.m. in Red Bank, New Jersey. In your birth chart, you have a Uranus opposition to the ascendant and it forms those two form a T-square to Mercury and the sun. And so writing is very important for you. And it looks like the book will continue to bring you opportunities, but you're right. They're all pretty good opportunities. And the downside of that is you really have to know yourself and know what's in alignment with your vision for your future in order to make use of these opportunities. And, you know, what makes that complicated is two things. The first thing is you have something called Venus conjunction to the midheaven, which is actually really a lovely natal aspect. The downside of it is it makes you a bit of a people pleaser in like public scenarios. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I'm nodding my head vigorously. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It makes it hard for you to say no or to disappoint people. And so one of the things that I think is really important that is happening within your birth chart is that you're going to have to look at what you value and make sure that all of your choices reflect your values, which is actually something I just talked about in last week's episode, the concept of values related to Venus. Uranus is going to start squaring your midheaven in uh, the spring, early summer of 2020, which means that you're going to have increased opportunities to expand. And it's going to get more confusing because you're going to have more opportunities. What a wonderful problem. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful for that problem. I want to be clear on that. But it also gives me a lot of anxiety and stress for sure. Yeah. I mean, Uranus literally governs the nervous system. And so, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So if you think you have anxiety and stress now, get ready. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming hard. And the, the thing that we don't get during Uranus transits is stability. The thing we do get is the potential to make our lives more authentic. So it's kind of a good trade, especially because it's only a year-long transit. Mm -hmm. However, the homework I want to give you right out the gate is to prioritize looking at your North Star, like deciding what is the service you're here to to perform, what things feel like they're outside of the service you feel called to perform. So there might be someone else with a similar career that is called to do something that is like something you respect, but is not your 
path. This kind of distinction is really important for you because you can get really wrapped up with obligation. You can get caught off guard by the details of whatever it is that's happening in front of you. And that is because you have Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter all in the sixth house. So like the job that you're doing, like the kind of mundane behaviors around it can be distracting for you. And you can prioritize them because you're supposed to, quote unquote, in a way that both makes you a lovely person to work with and then also can have you kind of lose track of why you're doing it. What What's your ambition associated with it? So that's going to be a really big part of 2020 for you. And then we get to your damn Pluto transit. So you're going to be going through a Pluto square to Pluto. It started um, in 19 already. So you've been experiencing it already, but it will occur in earnest in 2020 and impact you through 2021. And Pluto square to Pluto is a really meaningful transit that happens to everyone somewhere around the late 30s or early 40s. And it is where you start to realize you have to confront old demons and their psychological demons. And you have to confront them IRL and in front of other people like a big girl. And it's a hard transit because it's associated with the midlife crisis. And so what you've probably been experiencing in 2019 is this kind of engagement with power in a way that sometimes makes you feel feelings that you don't actually want to feel, but they're like old shit from back in the day, from childhood. Yes, very much so. That makes sense to me. What it's doing at core is it's require. I was going to say forcing you, but it's not forcing you. It's asking you. It's aggressively asking you to make sure that you are checking that people pleaser part. Because you have Pluto in Libra, it's this, everything has to be fair. So I have to show up in a way that's fair to everyone else. And then when you show up and actually you don't just show up in a way that's fair to everyone else, Pluto in the sixth house makes it so that you're like, you treat everything like the most important thing you've ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, pleasure to work with. Please work for me. Yes, do all the things. Um, But uh, as, as you find that you're in situations where not everybody's behaving that way and things aren't fair, there needs to be a way that you fall back on your own internal resources so that you can take care of yourself, but also know what your value is and know what you do and don't have to do. So essentially at core, this transit is about powerful boundaries. If I was to like give you like a key phrase, it would be powerful boundaries. And I would imagine that when you don't take good care of your boundaries, your body kind of... Oh, yeah. Have you been having some health stuff this year? Yeah, and honestly... The last few years, one of the reasons that I transitioned from I had a day job for 14 years in corporate America and was doing doing all of my witchery on the side. Mm-hmm. And then I was having so many kind of some physical ailments. And then I my father had some illness that we really needed to be addressed quickly. There were all these markers that made me decide, oh, I have to take care of myself. And that made me make the choice to go freelance and get rid of the stable corporate job and have a big leap of faith, start a podcast, write a book. And I'm so grateful that I did. But I definitely, when I'm tired out, when I'm feeling like I've been social too much, when I have too many decisions to make, I get very anxious. I get very burnt out. I'm an introvert that performs like an extrovert. And so um, it manifests in me feeling, yeah, tired and having my, you know, it's just like physical aches and pains that I have to contend with sometimes. So I definitely have to manage that. Yeah. It looks like because you have Saturn and Jupiter very close to each other in the sixth house, 
Your system runs acidic. And so stress produces acid in the body. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Don't take medical advice from me. Watch me give you a little (laughs) bit, but don't take it. But uh, what it looks like happens is when your system gets overstimulated or taxed too stressed out, yeah, you would have aches and pains. Everything feels like not lethargic, but like off and like it takes way more effort than it should. And with Pluto in there, it just can give you some tummy stuff and some Mm. kind of digestive stuff. Do you have a history of that? Honestly, not too bad. Not too bad. I have more like bladder, pelvic floor stuff. Mm -hmm. So in that region. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pluto too. That's Pluto too. It's just not as, oh, I see. Hold please. Mm. Oh, fascinating. Has it gotten better in the last year? It has. Okay. Let me tell you why I knew that. (laughs) Okay. So when you say bladder, pelvic floor, I'm looking to your fifth house, right? So Pluto kind of makes everything intense and heavy. And then I look to your fifth house because you say bladder, pelvic floor. And then I see that you have the sign of Virgo intercept that fifth house. And an intercept sign is when you have all 30 degrees of a sign in a house, but it's not on either of the edges, the house cusps. Mm -hmm. And so I look at the ruling planet in your birth chart of Virgo, and that is Mercury. And Mercury is the focal planet to a T-square, as I said. And so as your book has come out and you have a greater voice in the world about the things that you actually care about, your body does not need to somaticize the need to say your piece and Mm. speak your truth. Because Mm. of Uranus being squared to that Mercury, speaking your truth and allowing yourself to do something that is quite vulnerable and scary, which is saying, yeah, I'm I'm a witch, saying it in the world, it is inviting in all the things, not just the praise from other people who think like you think, but inviting in all the things. And doing that is actually what your calling is. And that's why your health improves as a direct result of it. Love that. Yeah. It's amazing. That makes me really happy. Good. I'm glad. It will continue to improve your health, weirdly. But the only thing that won't is your joints, necessarily Mm -hmm. your blood sugar. Those are the things. Oh, my God. That's exactly me. Yeah. Those are the things. That's a Saturn Jupiter. It's the way to combat it is, yes, be mindful of the sugar you eat, but it's really about acids because the joint um, you have like, do you have like pre-arthritic stuff? Some stuff. I have like a chronic granny hip lower mm-hmm. back situation i have foot problems yeah they're like all like nerves bony. and bones yeah. and yeah it's it's knee i would actually again not a doctor but i would recommend looking into having an alkaline based diet because i bet six months of an alkaline based diet would see an improvement not a total reversal but an improvement in the joint issues you have because there's a way that you tend to be quite acidic and you know arthritis is related to like inflammation Mm. Um, so I would encourage you to play around with that obviously consult with a physician before you take any advice from me all of that said let me just see if there's anything that I'm really supposed to tell you you know your chart is just looking happy and on the brink so whatever busyness you have it's nothing. Can I ask, um, yeah. it shouldn't be a crass question because I think money shouldn't be an embarrassing thing to ask about. And yet mm-hmm. I feel shy asking, will money stabilize in the future? Because I think people don't understand that even though one might have a book out, even mm-hmm. though one might be getting a lot of press, that doesn't necessarily translate into your bank account being magically full. You have to turn those opportunities into more opportunities. And those opportunities are the ones that will hopefully help financial stability. Yes. I'm so glad you're asking about that. And real talk. Yes. (laughs) For real. Yes. That's exactly what it doesn't mean. So 
you are currently going through a Uranus sextile to the moon um, in 2019. And what this has done, it started in 18. And what this has done is it's brought you more flow. But Uranus is not really a flow planet. It's the moon is. It's more of a like opportunity flow. Oh, it's gone. Opportunity flow. Wait, nope. Just joking. Um, so it's not been a stable time. Now, when I look at your finances, bear with me as I do. Huh. Uh-oh. No, 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 not ba- not <laughs> a bad, huh? A good, huh? But like kind of a like interesting. Um, so there's a couple ways of looking at this. Some of your question is really interesting because when I look at your birth chart, what I see is that you feel really insecure when you don't have a certain kind of savings. Exactly. Like, and I should be clear, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. We have plenty in terms of meeting our day-to-day needs, like I'm not suffering at all, but I get very anxious when I don't have stability of income and I would love to grow my income, yeah. which is really difficult to do in New York City as a freelancer. Yeah. The thing that's really interesting as a starting point is that you have a fear-based relationship to savings. And that is the first thing that comes up. I like the smile you're giving me. You're like, ew, stop talking about it. Um. It's okay. <laughs> This is why I'm here. This is why I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right about that. Yeah. The first thing that comes up is the fear-based relationship to savings and the sense of scarcity that has got you when you had your 14 years of a corporate job pretty far, actually. Mm -hmm. Having a scarcity mindset within capitalism when you work for a corporation is pretty effective. You know, that's how capitalism gets you. It helps you save money, Mm -hmm. which is difficult to do. And I'm happy that we've been able to do that. Not as much money to, you know, buy a home, for example, but enough that we're, you know, we're okay. Yeah, for sure. Right. So here's the thing that's really important about shifting to self-employment, but not just self-employment, but self-employment in a spiritual realm where you have to be in integrity with yourself all the time in order to be manifesting. Because so right. I'm sorry, but exactly. Like there are things I could do right now to make so much freaking money that I just don't think I'd be able to live with myself if I took those routes. And yet I still want to do work that is meaningful and that I feel great about. And that leads to abundance. I don't think that's an embarrassing thing to ask for or an unreasonable thing. Agree, agree, agree. Those were me pressing the agree button the like button. (laughs) Here's the work of it for you. You know how to save money and kind of amass resources from a scarcity mindset. You know how to stand in your spiritual truth and only do what's in alignment with you. What you haven't done is build that bridge in betwixt the two where you find a way to relate to saving money asking for money, holding money, giving money, like paying for things in a way that feels abundant. You're still in that scarcity mindset. And that scarcity mindset doesn't work when you're a professional freelancer slash professional witch, right? Mm -hmm. It's for me, it's not about you're fine, don't, don't want more. It's about recognizing that all of your parts are not in alignment with each other on this. And the reason why is because you're saving good money sense mentality only works in corporate environments where someone else is paying your 401k. And your manifestation, I'll do what's in my truth only works when you don't care about money at all. And so there's a way that you haven't cultivated your own value system 
as a materialist who wants to grow old and retire and have insurance and maybe own a home one day, and that's the missing piece. That's the bridge between I have good money sense. I believe I deserve to be paid for my efforts, and. I don't think that capitalism is the most important thing, and I'm not willing to sell my soul or my integrity for cash money flow. Right. So that's actually the answer to your question, which is not exactly an answer to the question, but this is where stepping onto the path of doing spiritual work for a living is a pain in your fucking ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because spoken you, like one who knows. Yeah. Exactly. Spoken like one who's had to do this. When you act like a muggle, but you know that you've actually been in several years of Hogwarts, you know, you just don't get your spells to work. That was the metaphor I was pandering to millennials. I hope it, I hope it worked for you. <laughs> I always love a Harry Potter reference, so I'm good. Okay, good. Me too. I love it very, very much. So the key really is to be able to develop a spiritual mindset that is about materialism that does not in any way reflect the fear that has worked for you with capitalism. And it also isn't idealistic in the way where you're just like, oh, you know, the universe will provide even if I don't do anything to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's the work in front of you. So the stability you're seeking needs to primarily come from inside, and then you will manifest organically the material circumstances you're wanting outside. Does that make sense? It does. Um, how would you recommend I do that, Jessica? Okay. <laughs> great question. Great question. So the first thing I'll say is you've done this before for other things, right? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, you already know how to do this. That said, a second and more helpful thing I'll say is in order to successfully do this, you have to acknowledge that you have fear and that you agree with your fear. You believe in your fear. There's not enough. I have to play by the rules of the game. There's a certain amount of money I should have in my savings account and I shouldn't invest in other things to fuck with that amount, right? Like there's a lot of fear. Some of it may have wisdom to it and some of it might not, but fear has the result of making us recoil or overreact, right? So starting with, okay, I can't do my, my like magical Hermione thing, when I'm in a state of fear, because fear turns us into a muggle, always, always, always. So we must first be kind and generous and present with the fear in order to start to bring your magic to it. So if what you do is you try to bring your magic straight to the topic, it won't work. And you'll be like, why isn't this working? Because there is a meaningful part of you that is being super muggly about this. And that's okay. It's money. I'm not saying that you really should be Harry Potter because Harry Potter is a literal movie. But the reality is some of fear is actually wisdom and some of fear is just fear. And you don't know which is which for you. And I don't think that there's a singular answer because I don't know what your circumstances are, what your goals are, what your partner's circumstances and goals are. Mm -hmm. And these things must be considered, right? As we grow a self-employed career, Oftentimes you have to put your time or your money into things that don't give you money back. And that's an investment in your future. And sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So you want to hold space for the not knowing. You want to hold space for the emotions. And when you make plans, make sure those plans leave room for fear. Yes. Yes. That makes a lot of sense to me. Good. Now, the other thing I'll say, the like following step is, you know, you're a writer. Write some shit down. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, listen to experts who talk about money, not from a highly capitalistic way, but from uh, a kind of like spiritual context, but also a social consciousness context so exactly. that you can. Th that's the exactly. key. Exactly. Right. Yep. It's finding ways of 
recognizing your power, you know, and your privilege and recognizing your intention, recognizing where you really are struggling and where you also have access or resources to tap on. And don't go into guilt or apologies and instead go into responsibility, humility, and ownership. And it's part of your Pluto transit, your Pluto square to Pluto. It's what's happening right now for you. And so going into this with the intention of not just how much money do I want, how much money do I need, but let's say I fast forward with my little like time machine and now you have a shit ton of money, whatever that number means for you. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to not be an asshole with it? Where are you going to invest it? Those questions a lot of people turn away from and they don't look at what their money is invested in and they don't look at the options in front of them. And that I think for you makes you kind of paralyzed with fear, right? There's a way that it kind of like stops you in your tracks. You need to start fucking with it to determine what your approach is. Hold on. So do you mind if we pull in your, your grandmother? Let's do it. And what did you call her? Grandma Trudy. Okay. She's really funny. Uh, She's really funny. Is she a New Yorker? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a real East Coast yeah, woman. Very, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 very East Coast. Just making sure I got her. Okay, so first of all, she talks fast. She's got just such a strong energy. Is that Trudy? That's her, right? Yeah, she's very vibrant. Yes, very vibrant. You guys talk all the time, so she's actually not, like, coming through to, like, give you a message in that way. It's You know, I'll tell you, like, she's she's not giving me language. She's giving, She's just showing me this. What she's showing me, and this is definitely not her language, and I want to be clear, is like, it's time for you to step into your power. It's time for you to actually tolerate being in your power when there's, for lack of a better way of saying it, like a wobble there. There's like, I'm not used to being in this power in this much light, or I'm not used to being in my power around $15 in my pocket instead of like $12.99 in my pocket. Like, it's not major things, but the, there's like these lines you're crossing that are major for you. And doing the work you do, the more that you can hold space for the complexity and messiness of your journey around holding abundance on the material plane, the more that you can help others to do it. And so it's not just for you, although it's also very, very much for you. It's also so that you can perform a service of holding space for others in their journey with it. And that's a meaningful part. Your grandmother's saying that I'm, I've gone too far because she doesn't want you to start teaching people about this. She wants you to be selfish with it for a little bit. Hold on to it because the, the fear around it is really deep. Did, was there, I don't know if it was on that side of the family or not, but was there a person in your family who lost everything? Um, not everything, but a lot. Okay. She's showing me that this is a, the inherited trauma part of it, is that you have this conviction that has been handed down to you, that, yeah, you could do everything right. You could do everything right. I can't even tell you, like, I'm going to cry. That's, I, and, and I would, it's not my story to tell, so I can't go into details, Mm -hmm. but that happened very profoundly in my family of people who did everything right, really good people, like made a lot of financial decisions in these really, you know, in, in the smart ways, listen to all the advice and lost so much money. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it was really a hard thing. Yeah. And w- what your grandmother is showing me is that that is why you need to not be like teaching this. See, when I was talking about it, I didn't mean like creating curriculum. I meant like energetically holding space. But your grandmother's saying even that's too much because this is so personal This is so raw. This is so, again, inherited and handed down. It is so deep for you that you want 
okay, what we're recommending is two years. Give yourself two years of being messy and inconsistent. It's not about your finances being messy and inconsistent. It's about you being inconsistent about your and messy about your finances. Totally different problem. And that problem, because you're such an energy person, may manifest as financial instability or financial abundance. Regardless of it, what you want to do is be really present for and mindful around your emotional and psychological responses. Because I imagine that there's as much fear for both. And when you outgrow inherited trauma... And when you really engage with it, what ends up happening is it hurts and is hard, disproportionate to your like technical circumstances. And so you want to hold space for that. And holding space for that just means being literally spacious. Like, you know, when you ask me like, okay, so what do I do? Uh, Sit with this, actually. Don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Don't do a fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Let this percolate and then come back to it in X amount of weeks or days And then start a little bit and stay with one step for months. And then you have two years. So this doesn't have to be figured out and healed in three months. It's unrealistic because of how deep this trauma goes. And my sense from what your grandmother's showing me is that that family thing that happens um, that you're aware of, it's like one time it happened in your family line, that there's been loss and trauma and instability that had uh, material, psychic, emotional, and psychological and marital impact. So it, it's like a thing that's happened in your family line. And so it's really given you a lot of terror. If you have nothing to lose, you're safe. That's what that fear tells you. If you have something that you truly want, like thriving in this world, doing what you love, only doing what you feel in integrity with, and you're making money from it, well, then every one of your biggest demons and fears is going to be like, no, girl, no, 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 no. Don't make what you love and money happen together because that could be a big heartache. And so, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's a lot. Trudy is actually not able to help you with this. She's pointing me to it, but this is not something she's like, it's not what she's good for. You know, she's good for a lot of things, but this isn't it. You're going to have to ask for help outside of your family, outside of your family guidance. Now you have other guides available to you to work with and you have like human people in their bodies. You have podcasts and books and all the things, but this, this, no one in your family has really approached this intentionally and magically before. Mm -hmm. So that means this is going to be hard and all the more reason to do it, you know? So I, I hate to wrap up, but we must. So I just, I want to thank you for doing this with me. Thank you so much, Jessica. This was such a treat and a true honor. I like using astrology way beyond signs, and I'm obsessed with the outer planets because I'm really interested in how inherited issues are reflected in the birth chart and how they impact our relationship to ourselves and others. And that, my loves, is all in the book I wrote called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. It drops on New Year's Eve 2019. Very exciting. And I hope you pre-order it anywhere that they sell books, delightful books anyways. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to dear friend and astrologer Annabelle Gatt. She's the author of Astrology of Love and Sex. And she says, forget everything you think you know about astrology and relationships. Astrology for Real Relationships is here to save you from the junk on the internet, guiding you through the planets and their placements to give budding and seasoned astrologers lessons on intimacy through an astrological lens. With this book, everyone can benefit from Jessica's decades of experience as a consulting astrologer. 
pre-order it wherever books are sold. Also find links on lovelanyato.com. My dear sweet loves, there's so much happening in the world this week, and we have so much to talk about. This week's horoscope spans the dates of October 27th through November the 2nd. Before I dive in, I just want to call attention to the fact that across the globe, people are taking to the streets. People are protesting. People are protesting in masses in Hong Kong, Haiti, Chile, Iraq. It is happening all over the world. And it's people coming together to stand up against leaders who are not taking care of their people. I think that as we move closer to 2020, we can expect to see more protests, more selfishness and cruelty and abuse of power from world leaders, and more people coming together and standing up against tyranny and standing up against inhumane conditions. And while this can be quite frightening and it often turns to violence, whether that's violence from the state to the people or from the people to the state, I mean, honestly, it's more from the state to the people. But even though this is all very frightening, it is also really inspiring. When people come together for each other, that is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing for each individual soul. And it's a beautiful thing for society. And what I've been talking about, the transits of Saturn and Pluto in the sign of Capricorn, the risk is that we lose our humanity, that we just put our head down and we push through, we struggle through. And the potential is that we come together as a community, as a society, and then even larger as a global society. And we stand up for each other and we advocate for each other. And we participate with each other. And this requires that we look up from our phones, that we kind of challenge ourselves. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we finally stand up and take meaningful action to make change, whether that's in our personal lives or in society, it's because we feel that we have no other choice. It's because things have gotten that bad. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's a very human thing. You know, it tends to be that way, but it doesn't have to be that way. You have something you believe in. Maybe it's racial justice. Maybe it's climate change. Maybe it's, you know, sexual liberation. I don't know. Um, maybe we share ideas about what, what is most important and maybe we have different ideas. But regardless, if we wait until things are dire to take action, to do what's right, then those actions will be more difficult and they may or may not be as impactful. So this is a little like call to passion, call to, to action. Um, and if you don't know about these global protests, if you don't know about what's happening in countries that are not your own, my loves, look it up. Jujil, jujil, jujil. Find new sources that you can trust and return to them. I say new sources because I think when we listen to only one news source, even only one astrologer, then you don't really know how to be a critical thinker. So it's wise to have a cross-section of voices and information so that you stay informed and that you stay critical in how you digest information and the information that you're digesting. Okay, so 
On the 27th, the first day of this horoscope, we have a new moon in Scorpio. It is Scorpio season. Hello, welcome. It's intense. It's emo. Let's do this. And the new moon is happening on October 27th at 8.38 p.m. Pacific time. So depending on where you are in the world, it may be on a different day. But on the 27th at 8.38 p.m. Pacific time, we have a new moon in Scorpio. That means the sun and moon are sitting on top of each other directly um, in the sign of Scorpio. And in this particular new moon, we also have the planet Uranus forming a really tight opposition to the sun and moon. This can be quite an explosive time. New moons are always a time for renewal. It's a great time for invigorating vision, starting something new, figuring things out. You know, new moons are beginning. It's a new cycle. And when we talk about the moon, it's about emotions. It's about uh, what you feel, how you process your feelings, how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others. It's how you care for yourself and how you relate to the things and people you care for. Now, with Uranus in the mix, uh, that's impulsive. It is a planet that cannot be predicted, really. And so when we have Uranus, we can expect the unexpected. We can expect surprises. And those surprises may be awesome, may be awful, TBD, nobody knows. So don't freak out. At the same time of this new moon and this opposition from Uranus, we have a pretty tight Mars square to Saturn. Now, Mars square to Saturn, whenever I see this transit, I'm like, okay, so it's like being stuck in traffic and you can't do a damn thing about it. And you've got somewhere to be and you want to be in that place, but you're stuck and you might be angry. You might be defensive, but there's nothing you can do about it. And there's no one you can really blame. It's just your circumstances are blocking you. That's Mars square Saturn. This sucks. It's intense. It's like intensely frustrating. Now, depending on where you're at in your life, you might find that you're actually able to get things done around this, this new moon and around this transit. You might find that you're like actually following through and executing on your plans really efficiently. That's the positive side of this transit that can happen. But this is the thing about astrology, kind of like I was talking about in like global and political stuff. Nothing is existing in isolation. It's not like this one thing happens and it's just like a single, a single event. If you have been engaging responsibly with things that you deeply care about and setting yourself up for success, essentially, then when this transit comes, it may be a challenge or it may be actually the energy push you need to get a bunch of annoying things done. And this is where you want to really look at what are my circumstances and what are my feelings about my situation revealing to me? right? Really pay attention to that because you are likely to feel defensive or reactive around this new moon. But guess what? It's not just you. It's not just you. It's literally everybody everywhere. <laughs> this is, this is uh, you know, a global event. Astrology, you know, these transits are global. What you want to be able to do, ideally speaking, is pay attention to what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, not repress it, validate it, be like, oh shit, this is what I'm feeling. This is how it feels. And then make choices about the best way to respond externally. So there's how you react, which is just your reaction and that you are entitled to whatever reaction you have. You know, Scorpio energy is intense and it often brings up taboo or complicated feelings. You're allowed to have messed up feelings. You're allowed to have messed up thoughts. 
What you want to be able to do is make choices around how you respond to those messed up feelings and thoughts. You don't want to repress them. I don't know. Girl, maybe you want to repress them, but I'm not encouraging you to. I'm encouraging you to validate your right to feel what you feel and hold you responsible and accountable for what you do in response to those feelings, what you do in response to your situation. If I act, you know, a mess towards you, does that mean you should act a mess towards me? Is that the game we're playing? Tit for tat? Could be. Most people play that game most of the time. True story. But that doesn't bring you peace. Acting in integrity with yourself. That, regardless of what happens, is what will bring you peace. Doing what's right because it's right and not because of the validation you get. Not because, you know, you might be dealing with somebody who's a real dick. That's possible. For real. But that doesn't really make it so that you're supposed to be a dick too. Rise to the occasion, my loves. Rise to the damn occasion. Now, on the 30th, we have a Mercury conjunction to Venus. This is a lovely transit. TBH, I don't think most people will feel it terribly much because it's quite light and mild. It's nice for connecting. It's, you know, if you're an artist, it might generate a little bit of flow for you. It's a great time for socializing because it facilitates really a ease of social dynamic, but it's not especially pressing. So you may not really notice it. You know, you get back to me. Let me know if you noticed it. On Halloween, on the 31st of October, Mercury goes retrograde. Now, I'm going to tell you all about it. Mercury retrograde in Scorpio during Scorpio season on Halloween. Come on. Spooky? Is it spooky for you? Don't be scared. I'm going to tell you all about it. October 31st, it goes retrograde at 8.42 a.m. Pacific time. <sighs> Jesus. This damn Mercury retrograde. The shadow. I've already talked about the shadow last week. I've been feeling it. I haven't been enjoying it. <laughs> it's just been a bit of a heavy road. And let me tell you why. We're back to that Saturn-Mars square. Not quite as tight as it is in the new moon chart, but this Mercury retrograde is going to feel frustrating. It's a transit that has the potential for a lot of defensiveness. And that's not awesome right? What you want to remember is that we all have the right to misunderstand. We all have the right to change our minds, to be confused. Mercury retrogrades are meant to be a time when we reflect, we review, we reassess. This gives us the opportunity to refine our ideas, our attitudes, even our relationships. The problem is we live in such a completely mercurial world where everything we do is through technology. Um, we are always communicating, reading, watching, all this kind of stuff. And so the kind of capacity for drama and problems are really high. That Sun-Uranus opposition is also in this chart. So I would ex expect technology crashes, really slow, maddeningly slow Wi-Fi connections. Just expect technology to be a total pain in your buns. If you have to travel, again, there may be surprises or delays. If you can, because every time I post about, you know, Mercury retrograde, people are like, no, I can't. But here's the thing. Mercury retrograde is just a part of life. It happens a bunch of times a year, every single year. It is a part of life. What astrology does is it gives you this objective tool for looking at and understanding life. So here we go. October 31st through November 20th, Mercury's retrograde. You will feel it until about the 27th. But you have a heads up on what's happening in the world, what's happening in your life, and you don't have to take it personally. Instead, you can be like, oh, this is something that happens so that I 
have greater access to learning about my own reactions and responses. This is an opportunity for me to figure something out about myself in response to others and the world. This is an opportunity for me to see how other people act in a pressure cooker or when things don't go their way. And if you can kind of reorient your reaction to Mercury retrograde, that really is helpful. You know, personally me, I consult with people for a living. Every Mercury retrograde, people go to the wrong address. They come on the wrong day. They totally like, there's just annoying miscommunications. And when I decided that I was going to be expecting it, and so I would never take it personally. So it's not a big deal. You know, maybe it's annoying, but it's just what happens. And if you can go with the flow of circumstances, then you can have an easier time for processing the feelings and the thoughts, which gives you greater agency, flexibility, and even authority over your own mind, heart, and life. That's not bad. That's not bad. So use astrology as a tool for empowering you to cope instead of feeling doomed or like you're trapped in Mercury retrograde. That's not what this is meant to be. See? See? It's not what it's meant to be. Okay, my loves, one last thing to tell you. On the 1st of November, the planet Venus, which we talked about a lot in last week's episode, episode 69, um, moves into Sagittarius. It's a bit of a lightening of that Venusian load. Venus and Sagittarius, not going to say too much about it. You know, it's a lovely shift for socializing. It's a lovely transit for having adventures and experiences with other people. It's a nice light energy. It's dynamic and it's forward moving. We love all those things. However, with all the heaviness of Scorpio season, of this Mercury retrograde, I'm not sure how much you're going to feel it. I'm not sure, but pay attention. The nice thing about astrology and about you listening to this podcast or reading comprehensive horoscopes that break down what planet is doing what is it allows you to put it in your calendar and notice. And over the course of months, you can see for yourself how these things tend to impact you. And again, not so that you feel trapped by the stars because the stars are for sure not trapping you. Okay. The planets are not harming you. Instead, what it is, is practical tools that you can use to contextualize your experience and help you navigate what's happening now and what's coming ahead. My loves, you are the best. Why are you the best? I don't know. You just are. I believe it. Thanks for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. Thank you for your support. If you are not already subscribed, please do subscribe. It does help this little independent baby podcast. Five stars are chill and nice. We at Ghost of a Podcast Industries, aka me and my cat, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I've given you a lot to think about this week, I hope, and a lot to work with. I hope that you continue to use this podcast as a resource for building your wellness one step at a time, one step at a time. And part of wellness is being unwell sometimes and being kind to yourself around that. All right. XOXOXOXOXO. Bye. Every year they say the end is near.